Hello and welcome to the This Is Marketing Podcast. I'm Ross Marone and on this episode, we sit down with a real-life MBA student. All right, I'm here with Nick Barron. Nick is an MBA student at Youngstown State University. Nick, hi. Hey, glad to be here. Just glad to have you here. Now, Nick, you and I have known each other for how long? Uh, 2009, nine years. Wow. Nine years. Wow. <laughs> you and I share a love interest in the Pat McAfee podcast. Sure do. And now you're on This Is Marketing podcast. What does that even mean to you? Nothing. It means nothing. What's This Is Marketing? <laughs> this is a little thing I do on the side. So you're an MBA student. What? Yeah. Why? Um, well, do you want the full story? Yeah. The, the real, deal I want here? your background. I want to know what it is. Our listeners want to know what it is that you do and why you're here. Well, I started out with English education. I taught high school in Denver and pretty quickly I realized that, um, is this PG? No. Okay. Uh, teachers don't make shit. So I realized the things I want to do in life require money. And those things include hiking, traveling, and getting a wife idiot <laughs> <laughs> so you're uh you're a teacher ed you don't like what you're doing right then what happens i uh i called you i don't know if you remember it was in january i do of remember 2016 that. i called you i thought you were in trouble no i thought for sure this is a nick's in trouble and i'm here to help him i we did end up having one of those moments though this year or this past year which one uh, the, the, we probably shouldn't use full names. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> we'll get, we're going to get this. Uh, yeah. Okay. So no names, no names, no names. Okay. Shit. Yeah, Are we still recording? Where did you just roll? All right. So I called you and I'm like, listen, I, I need to do something different. Education is not going to do what I need it to do. I'm literally just in a cycle of spending money and then getting paid and then losing that money immediately. Um, so I asked if an MBA would be a good idea. And you said, yeah. And I need a grad assistant. So if you want to come back home, you can apply. I'm like, done. So I decided to move towards the MBA to kind of try to figure out what I want to do with my life. Went into it assuming marketing was a good direction and i definitely love marketing it's a it's a chess game almost it's strategy it's taking data and using it to really put your company or your business on the best platform that can be you know reached and viewed and targeted um keywords um, <laughs> why what do you so what was your expectation to go into an mba program what did you think you were going to learn going into it I guess the best thing for me was I didn't have too much of an expectation. I was more or less just willing to learn whatever it was. I knew there was going to be some finance and accounting, and that was my biggest concern. And those classes ended up being the most beneficial for me. In, in, fact, what, in what way? Understanding how businesses run. If you want to understand how the business is actually doing and how it's performing in a market or just in general, you got to be able to look at the financials and that has been extremely beneficial and I'm still rather uh, immature in that area. Something that I kind of want to expand upon in my own time with learning about finance and accounting and balance sheets and all the good stuff. So you did a uh, internship over the summer with yeah. a larger company, a local company. Yeah. 
Tell me about that. Um, it was a I was interning as a marketing intern, and I quickly ended up becoming a uh, a director of some sort for them because of some incidences where people were quitting and a few people got ill and they needed to fill in some positions quickly and why not get a regional director who you could pay on intern wages so here we go i'm going to do classic business move. right i'm going to do a lot of work for shit pay yeah um what now and i know the answer to this but why do you think you were that person i think i showed initiative quickly yeah I think I am willing to accept the fact that I need to start somewhere. So those intern wages for a lot of work was worth it for me because it's experience that I wouldn't get anywhere else. I think the best thing I did going into that company was I quickly learned something about everyone in that department. So if you were to point out one person in there, I could tell you something about them. And what I've learned in management is that you need to have the technical skills but the emotional intelligence of people is far superior when it comes to management. I think that's why I was able to move up quickly and help out in ways I could. I think you nailed that. I think that that's no different than when I meet with a client. It's you go in and earning trust Mm -hmm. of theirs is, is usually your first hurdle. You know, they may have researched you. They may know you from somewhere else, but doing a little bit of background on them and walking into it and saying, Hey, I know this about you and this about you and this about you. It, it, it earns an immediate trust and it kind of breaks down that first barrier so that the conversation could be normal after that. But in your case, as doing an internship, you know, you, I've always said that your communication skills are, are wicked good. Appreciate um, that. You're really dumb in every other aspect. Absolutely. But you walking in and being able to know something about somebody is is what makes you more qualified than the person that maybe has more of those technical skills. Right. Because communication, as I always say, is communication is key, even with a client or within a business from the top down. If your CEO CEO isn't communicating the goals and the vision of what you're trying to do. And I see that actually here in this job. I've, I've really seen that to where if not everyone is on the same page, then things could kind of get a little bit out of focus of what you're trying to accomplish. And it's hard to do because you have personalities to deal with. You have level of mm-hmm. technicality from the people you're talking with. So coming together and putting all that together. So from your perspective, being a director of marketing, um, communication skills are so important, but the culture you create for your division is just as important. One of the tough things about the company I was at was the culture is terrible. There were nine people who left within the time that I started to right now. How, what was that time period? Uh, let's say it's been about seven to eight months. Wow. So you have on average one person leaving a month. That's a department of 11. So there's just a, almost an entire turnover. And do you think that's strictly based upon the culture? 1,000%. Yeah. It is definitely the culture. It is... You don't want your employees coming to work feeling like they're miserable. You no, don't want them to I, hate it. I say that all the time. If you feel, if you wake up in the morning, and not everyone's as passionate about their work as some of us, but if you wake up in the morning and you have that slightest bit of fear, like I have to go in and face the day, right? then you're in a bad place. Okay, do you need to be passionate about what you're doing to enjoy it? Yes. You have to be? I think so. I, I don't think agree. you can enjoy the work. I think that there are some people who will always be... Uh, Home-minded, meaning their goal is to get home. Is to make money and go home. Is to make money and go home, but they can still enjoy their job. I get you. I get you. I agree with you. 
agree so with that. passion isn't i mean it would be great if everybody's passionate about what they're doing we might have a better fucking world but i think that you can be better at yes. your job and enjoy it more by finding a passion in it and if you're not i always say this to you if you're not finding that passion in what you're doing especially with the nba if you're going to work for a company like and you don't like it and there's no passion there then you shouldn't pursue that because you were offered several full-time positions while you were there doing right. an internship. You're in your first year of your MBA. You have a professional background, but here they are throwing jobs at you. Right. Maybe not the greatest pay, but you kept saying, I am not passionate about this. I don't want to do it. So you walk away. So to that point, I didn't feel what they were doing. I think marketing is awesome. I do like marketing and I'd like to make a career in marketing, but my fear in that world right now is it's a lie almost. There are legitimate marketing positions, but most of them t uh, are masked sales jobs. Oh yeah, no, and that and that terrifies me. That's the only reason why I don't want to pursue marketing is I've seen so many people fall into sales. Any conversation that's taking place around marketing, especially from the recent graduate, or I'm going into college and I'm thinking about marketing because I want right. to do this, but it looks like even and I can't believe how much research is taking place at that moment. When there's either a high school kid doing it or somebody who has an undergrad that's looking for a graduate degree, looking at MBA or looking at his business, they're coming back and saying, it seems like all the jobs that you're finding sound like marketing, but as soon as you get to the finer print, it's yep. all sales. hundred and, and they're not the same. It's not no. the same thing. Sales is, a, I think, a horrible profession. I think people that do it well are the worst humans in the world. There's a reason why they're able to sell bullshit. Yes. I could sell something if I believe in it. So when I say marketing for our you know, can I say what we like, not the place, but what we do? You can say the place too. Okay. So marketing for Youngstown state, <laughs> you have me in charge of the customer relations management system. I yes. am talking one-on-one -on -one with people and I'm telling them why Youngstown state is great. I believe in that though. So it's not hard for me to sell it right. because I believe it. Yeah. If there's a product I believe in, I don't think sales is hard. I think that's actually me sharing a passion. Right. But most of the jobs out there, it's sales. It's not marketing. Marketing is a lot of strategy. And it's a, you know, about movement. I like that. It's about content creation, not just trying to you know, pull something over someone. And How did that relate to your internship, though? Did you feel more like a salesperson, or did you feel like you actually had a handle in the marketing side, like being oh, creative? I feel like they had nothing. Just because there's no direction. There's no direction. It is a mess. Nobody knows exactly what they're doing. They don't have any uh, data collection on their campaigns. So if they come up with an idea, put together all the collateral and ship it out, it's a success. There's no data collection on how well they're actually doing and what they're doing. Digital analytics, not even a thing. So they're well behind the trend to begin with. Um, they have a lot of in-house talent. And you could speak to this as a manager, when you have a lot of in-house talent and you're not utilizing it, what does that do to your workforce? It demoralizes it. There's nothing there. No one's putting in a, an actual creative thought in anything you're doing, but mm -hmm. there's no vision. So even if I was the most creative person, or I had the most creative staff and I'm not giving them a goal or a vision or some parameters to follow and that we're going to measure it. You know, we're going to try this design. It's new. And, and I, I like to do that is give people a shot. Like, Hey, if you have a great idea, let's try it. Let's put it out there because the data is going to tell us whether or not it's successful. If you're not measuring it. And like you said, you're putting the collateral out and that's the success point, And that's your success measurement is the, the shipping label. Right. And that's really, I mean, that's a bad place. And I mean, like you're saying nine people left. So, I mean, obviously yeah. the turnover is there, but for 
the administration for the executives of that company not to come down to that director level right. and say like what is going on is that's a mess it gets even worse um how can it get worse oh <laughs> it gets worse well on the creative side and we'll go to the strategy side here in a second it's we could spend days on this the creative side everything every time something went through a new reiteration you know even if we just changed one color on one small part of a poster it had to go back to the director to confirm so the amount of micromanagement not only slowed down production but almost made it useless for the graphics designers to even be a thing like were those why, designs almost exclusively always changed they were constantly going through reiterations you never got a design through in one time it was here's the design okay change this uh ah, change this uh change this back and it went in cycles for so long. That's insane. It was ridiculous. They didn't trust. Did they talent. have brand standards? Did they have visual standards like book? Like we have, a, you've seen our book. We right. have a book that tells right. you tone, voice, look, fill, logos, all of that stuff. Did that Was that something that even existed? Now Let this me, is, we're talking about a company that is huge and right. manages other companies. A very large private company that yeah. should be doing well. Um, and I don't know the numbers to say whether they are or are not. I could tell you the industry itself is not. Um, here's their, this should tell you if they have visual standards. The, the location I worked at, you know, they have, we'll say 12 malls across the nation. This mall. Oh, you're giving away the secrets. <laughs> is that, is that too much to give away on this? Okay. Um, <laughs> Someone's watching me right now. Um, <laughs> no, nah, they want they want to spend any money on extra <laughs> security. <laughs> okay, so the mall that I was at, they had a red logo around the um, the sign at that mall, but according to everything we were doing digitally on the marketing, it was supposed to be a light blue. So they don't even have consistency between what we're doing online to what's actually on the mall. And the person that's all this is going to your director yeah. is not a visual standard person who's saying like not the right color. Like right. I catch every red that's not the right color red. Right. And she's not even catching the blue that's versus the, red. Yeah. That's insane. Um, and I think because her job has now become, I don't know what her job is other than to monitor everyone else's job. Right. So everything has to go through her. So why does why is everybody even doing anything? Why does she just do it all? Yeah, that's crazy. Um, so I didn't feel like they were really doing marketing. I feel like they're just coming up with these really bad ideas and then pushing them out. Their commercials were still images with mass amounts of voiceover and text content overload to the max. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't read everything and listen, let alone the scrolling uh, text at the bottom that kept on going. Right. But they have people who know how to do video. They have all the spaces to make videos in the mall. I don't know why they haven't done actual video production. Yeah. In-house. They have well, a sound and I, studio I think and that it's, it's like every company. It's where are you going to spend your money? Are you going to spend it on getting more salespeople? on the floor pushing out, in this case, kiosks in the mall and people buying right. spaces versus putting together an internal production team because it's it's a lot more expensive to go outside than to maybe fund it internally, one-time things on like buying technology and things like that. But you have that staff that are producing 24-7 They have content. cameras. They have sound equipment. They have a sound room. 
They have guys who do video and drones. They have a drone. But these aren't the people that produce commercials. They make the commercials, but they're only allowed to make the still images and uh, so voiceover. Have, there's no direction on that. None. And anybody that. tries to recommend anything different, it's not received well because, well, this worked for the past 10 years, so why change right, it? Right, right. We're not reinventing the wheel here. Right. So they don't want to do anything that might be shocking. But what I noticed about you, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're willing to make mistakes to see if something works. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've made mistakes my entire career. That's okay. how I got How does that I'm work? At. Huh? How does that work? How does what's the process? Make a mistake. Too many people are it. afraid to make mistakes. So why are you so willing to try something that you may consider a risk? Well, there's two parts to that. There's one, okay. it's the confidence above me. The people above me have confidence in my ability. Mm. But that's a rotating conversation because at the my end of it, I make that confidence. I show confidence in myself and yeah. an ownership too. When I make a mistake, I own it. And it's a, easier to do when you work for a company full time and that's my job right. because it's going to take a lot more to get rid of me and over a, a mistake but the mistakes that we make are easily correctable too we're never putting something out like that's final forever you know that that can't be undone right. um but when you work for a small business so in some of my consultant roles I have to be a little sharper on knowing what their vision is my vision is where those two things come together and before things goes to press or production, I have to check it over with the business owner, okay. which puts you into that state of like you're saying. I mean, so you're explaining what it's like to work for a company that has this dysfunction that right. exists with every client that I've ever worked with. There's a dysfunction because they either have the kid that's doing some of this work and yeah. you got to run it through him and he didn't like it. And then it goes to the dad and then the dad's the owner and he doesn't like it. And all of a sudden you're the bad consultant because you've made some changes. Now, those are, you know, far and few between, but that exists more on the client side. So if you started a business and you're working with people, that's what they're facing is that you have to have that level where here the trust level ends with me. I don't have right. to go up to the administration, to the board and, and pass everything through them. And that's on purpose. That's by design, pun intended, because I don't want, I don't need their input because they're trusting me in my position to do the right thing. And I've, I've gone toe to toe with them on things like when we put out the why and proud, you know, at first that's not all well received by everybody. It's right. new. So new what do you do? You, and I think you're really good at this, but I just want to ask you to get all this information out. What do you do when there's something that is being met with resistance, mm -hmm. but you know, it's worth a shot it may not be the best, like it may not work, but if it does, it's going to take off. You test it. And I test it ahead of time. Okay. How, how does that look? Well, so for instance, we, we went from using a, a stand in higher ed, we have standard word marks we use, which are mm -hmm. usually the written word, um, you know, Youngstown State University with a line through it. It's a two color thing. I went from there and we had an interlocking YSU because the Y and the U can butt up against an S and that was a logo that was used for a long time. And then we have the, the Y, which is a individual mark right? Um, that, you know, when you look at colleges and universities, those that have a single letter that represents their actual university, that's a very visual mark that people can recognize. So Ohio I tested State, these. Michigan. Yeah, you go through all of them. Yeah. And, and now us with the Y. So prior to coming up with a, a logo change and to go away from people using this word mark that's been around for 50 or so years, right? Uh, I tested it in social media at the time. I threw it on Facebook and I targeted 
different audiences and I put it through a survey. I think I used like survey gizmo or something like that. And I showed all three logos individually and each logo point I had somebody describe like, what do you, well, how does this make you feel? What do you think about this logo? And then I went to the next one, same question, next one, same question. And then the last one showed all three and said, how would you rank these and why? And it was never a, Hey, we're looking to change a logo. I never pushed a logo on them. I mean, right. the new logo had elements of, of some of the old stuff that people would have seen that have been recognized by Youngstown State. They would be familiar with us. They know this. So I went through that testing phase so that when I came out with where I was going with my creative vision, I had the why. I had Youngstown State University written out next to it. Yeah. And I also said the why is going to become more of a prominent mark for us, not just because athletics at the time has been using it forever. So I said, okay, we're going to try to, because there has to be a marriage there. They're the ones that are on the road all the time. Mm -hmm. So if we can make that why more prominent as our brand mark, and our logo mark, then it's better. So when I laid that in front of people, immediately there was pushback. Well, we've always used this Youngstown State University or the interlocking YSU is loved by many. We can't just get rid of it. And I said, but well, we're not going to do it. It looks so bad. It's a, yeah, well, the color is terrible too, but it's a legacy. So let's make this a legacy logo. And, you know, we're not this big corporation that has the YSU embroidered on a thousand million right. things out there. It's not, we're not a national brand or a world brand. So for us to make that, that change, it's easy because from here on out, we start doing it. And we did a soft kind of launch of that. But when people, I got that pushback, I said, well, there's good news. And I already did a focus group and I think I had 2,500 respondents. So I had a really nice pool. I had people that were not familiar with us. This is me pushing out this test and outside of the market, you know, cause we're doing demographic targeting. So I'm right. looking outside of our geo location and then I did geo. So I had your Youngstown audience and I had your nons. And the results were exactly the same. We like this one. It looks more modern. It looks more brought up to right. date. Those were the keywords that I used when I went and I presented this. And that made my conversation easier. Absolutely. So where it could have been sought, it could have been looked at like a mistake. Like, well, this was a mistake to even think that you should change this logo. Who the hell are you? I went into it thinking it has nothing to do with it. What we're doing is we're modernizing everything we're do, doing. Plus, this was the first time we were writing our visual standards guide. Yeah. So back to the, the internship thing. I mean, we were, we were at the same point. No one knew what the vision was. No, it was the wild west of logos and colors. There was no, no one was using the right red. No one was using a consistent Youngstown state. You know, they're using YSU. Um, so we really got a handle on that. And it took the better part of a year and a half to get that message out. We changed it. So we said, look, we're, we have a design team. We have creative people over in our area. Um, we can do designs. We could do all this. So we, forced more work on ourselves because at the end of the day, it gave us more control over the brand and the look and feel of things. Whereas with your internship, it's still the wild west, but there's also right. the non-measurement. People don't feel like they have ownership of that. The, uh, the one thing, is this actually gonna be published? Yes. Oh, sure. I'm not even cutting this. All right. Well, all then, of your dumb questions are in here. <laughs> great. It's my first time. Um, <laughs> I think the best thing about all of that is, and I know this from working for you specifically, a leader. You're really talking me up. Yeah. Well, can I've you just follow, a lot can you, you follow me around and do this? Like yeah, I mean, everywhere. You can pay me for it. I'll be like Ross Marone's coming in. There will, he is. I will announce you. I'll roll out a carpet. That'd be awesome. I'll start the applause. Let's get a five foot section of carpet. That you have Absolutely. to roll up and roll out every five feet. One hundred <laughs> floors lava. <laughs> um, yeah, sure. But the one thing that I can take away from the two very 
different experiences, internship and working for you, is a leader who's willing to share the vision and let everyone on the team understand the goals. So if you have, you know, X amount of employees and a janitor, let them all know what we're working towards. Right. Because everyone's part of that, you know, part of that. Marketing is everybody's job. So I feel like if there was a goal at this other place, and I don't think there was, but if there was, they kept it hush hush. They, they really wanted to keep information to themselves in the director side. Um, and that doesn't help the team. You let everyone know the goal and where we're going, and that doesn't at all take away any of your authority or your mm-hmm. director powers. It's really only affirming and making us, I mean, we rely on you all the time. You are always guiding us and teaching us, and that only makes the whole team stronger. Right. So you, I mean. But it also allows you all to make your own mistakes. You know, just true. like I'm willing to go and make a mistake and own it. Yeah. and learn from it and then get a better product because of it. It's the same thing with that the mentality that everyone owns this. Everyone's job is marketing. Yeah. You all go out and make your own mistakes and give it a fair shot. And not everything's a mistake. Some things are home runs. Some things come in the first time and it's a go with it. Let's go right now. Let's do it. Now's the time. Um, and I think that that's, that, that speaks to even, you know, it's just a step up for me. Right. I'm in a different I'm in a different arena at times with who I have to deal with, but everyone that's under me has to deal with me. So it's, yeah. it's just that different level, but, but you also set that kind of standard to them. Yeah. You really do push for us to do our thing and see what happens. Then you kind of work through it afterwards. Right. We're not going to learn if we just always do what we're told now. So let's go back into the NBA part of this. Yeah. So you go into the NBA with no expectations. Uh, right. You know you're going to have some accounting and finance shit, and you get through that, and then I think you're a pretty smart dude, so you could yeah. figure it out and hack your way. We did it. Uh, what does what you've learned from your internship and working for me, how does that translate to what you think you're actually learning in the NBA? Do you think that there's there's lack of? Because you know what? In, in, in being working in higher ed, it, it's hard to say that you know we shouldn't come in here and bash things, but you know there's a, there's a big consensus right now that you know, what's the real value of debt and the degree and everything you're getting from higher ed versus going out and doing it yourself, working in an internship, learning from that. Uh, You know, I constantly am am preaching on here to go do work for free, you know, learn a Um, little bit first and and learn from those experiences. So how do you feel about what you've been learning or what you thought the curriculum would have been versus what it is? Um, And maybe even the experience that you're, you're getting from your professors or and how's everybody else in that program feel? You know, how do the people around you feel? All right. There's a lot there. So we're going to, have to unpack in pieces here. <laughs> um, first of all, you said it. Do work for free. Experience is going to be worth more than any piece of paper, period. In fact, when I graduate, which will assumingly be this summer, um, that piece of paper I get is not a $20,000 piece of paper. It's actually worth nothing, right? It's worth nothing. Right. The ideas, the concepts, the knowledge I've gained from it are worth something, hopefully, to someone. Anybody looking for someone, I'm available <laughs> for hire. That's Nick Barron. Oh. We will be putting his handles <laughs> and his email address up on the webpage. Um, but the knowledge you gain from the program is definitely worth something. However... You're right. Experience, I think, is worth more than all of that. Experience within any field, experience with people especially, is worth so much more. So go do work for free 
because that gives you more experience with your skill. Get, that gives you more experience with clients. And it might give you more experience with working with other people on the same project, which is also invaluable. So I think experience is huge. I love that I've taken away from this program. Um, it's not a sp specified MBA program, it's general. So there are some MBAs at some universities that have specific focuses, an MBA with a finance focus, an MBA with a leadership focus. This one covers all of those areas. You've got your strategy, your finance or your decision making, your managing skills, et cetera. And actually, as we market it, that's what I think sets it apart. And we, you, yeah. I, we've, we've looked at that. We've looked at putting together a marketing plan for them, which is an oxymoron in and of itself. But I always found that interesting. <laughs> uh, but those are the key points that this isn't a right. very, this isn't a focused MBA, which isn't a turnoff. It's a, no, there's it's, value. It's really good. Cause what you're seeing is while you're taking classes in this area and that area, you see how they should be blending. No business should be just any one silo. It doesn't work that way. And as a marketing team, what I've also learned in marketing, correct me if I'm wrong, but a, a legitimate marketer, so you, you need to understand the business of this university better than almost anybody no, running it. No, thousand percent, I agree with you. Period. So if the business isn't interconnected with, with all of its different areas, then it's not gonna be successful. That MBA has kind of helped me understand how every area of a business is important, mm -hmm. and I'm able to understand why numbers, numbers matter, but why does management and leadership matter as well? Right. And um, I think a huge thing that ends up happening no matter what, and this is talking about your internship, this is talking right. about hair. We all are brought up in silos. So yes. marketing, when I came and took over, was in its own silo. No one knew what we did. No one knew what we offered. No one cared that we wanted to have brand standards. So when I sent out that first email, it was like, who the hell are you? And right. what, what's marketing? A lot of people thought I was actually in the business college like, and people mistaken that people think people don't realize that there's a marketing no. office they think it's all just part yeah. of the business marketing. and that's that's different from a, a regular private business so your internship right. you're in a silo where no other department from your sales team to your accounts to your you know everybody has to know what the marketing is that's why i always say i said right. marketing is everyone's job but it's up to your marketing team and your marketing director or your vp of marketing to put that message out there maybe it starts with the ceo you know really good ceos like Steve Jobs of the world and uh, the Bill Gates, they're the ones that have a vision that right. sets the rules for everybody. So everyone always looks at that CEO, but he's highly influenced from the people underneath him. So the VP of marketing is telling him, you know, here's what our vision is. And they go and just relay that. That happens here now with Tressel at the helm. He repeats the why and proud. He gets it. He yeah. knows that that's part of that's the first thing. That's how we lead conversations. We're very proud of being a part of this university or this business. And here's what I do specifically. Can specialty. I mention why I'm proud has taken off to the point where I think it's actually benefited the entire city. Oh yeah. So yeah. you start now hearing people who are even affiliated with YSU mm -hmm. or Youngstown state who are saying they're proud to be from Youngstown because Youngstown state is so closely tied to the city that it is now right. creating this whole sense of pride in general. Yes. And pride isn't, I mean, pride something that exists anyway. Right. But when you start to, to say that it's okay to be proud of those things and you start to make that, you know, when we were looking at that as our brand, the first, I mean, I was immediately attracted to it because I thought this can unlock a lot of messages for us. You know, when I always talk about branding, advertising, marketing, how to three things, 
when I looked at the marketing side, like what are these messages that we can tell? I figured out right away that, well, we're all proud. It's not like we're, we're saying something that people aren't saying. Right. We're just going to say it in a big way. And when you do that, then, yeah, you start to hear the local news say, you know, proud of this valley. And, and, and right. that's fine. Take, take the, the sense of that word and, and make it actionable to your business. Now we have businesses saying, you know, I run this big conglomerate business and I'm wine proud. And you have alumni, alumni saying that and, and graduates. So you're right. The story is has become its own thing. It's its yeah. own entity. It exists on its own. We can literally probably walk away from it now and it would still run itself. People would still say that. And that's that's what the the magic is of, of a good marketing campaign and the, of a good brand. Not only that, that goes back to your brand standards, needing your, your standards guide and needing to change it to that block why. Mm-hmm. That why and proud and having that block why go so hand in hand, had you not been willing to kind of go against the grain and change what was old, yeah, that never would have happened. I agree. And I don't think the city would have the same amount of uh, positivity that it's had for the past few years compared to prior. Oh, yeah, there's definitely. And this is this is a, a known fact about Youngstown that there's a resurgence on all areas. You know, mm-hmm. the university continues to grow and, and mature. I mean, we're not growing like at the rate of tens of thousands of kids, but we're maturing. We're finding right. out what it, exactly it is we do. And as a business, what we would need to accomplish to not just survive for the people that work here. I mean, that's part of it, but to survive for the students that go here, to keep getting students that want to learn here because we have something for them to learn. We're keeping up with industry standards and that's higher ed's always a couple, it seems like it's a couple years behind following industry trends because industries have to move quick. That's interesting. Universities have to catch up because they have to get the right people in place with the knowledge. So do you think it's important for you to be on top of industry trends and apply those to Youngstown State before other universities get on top of those? Well, I don't think we're going to beat anybody to the punch. I mean, I think okay. we're all we're all throwing punches equally to one another. Right. But I in think in different markets too. As you're, a, you're not targeting Ohio State's no market. Well, we can't. We're, we're a different experience. You know. Right. People don't, and this is I. People don't buy different. They buy unique. So they have yes. to buy something from us that's Definitely. unique to the university itself. They're buying an experience, um, and they want to have that uniqueness. So going to Ohio State is maybe it's a family thing. Maybe your entire family went to Ohio State. Maybe that's the only logo you ever wore on a shirt on Saturdays. Right. Um, and, and that's just why you go there. So I'm not going to go after that student. Now, if I could say to that student, hey, you didn't get a full ride, we can offer you a full ride. And you're going to get the same educational degree at the end of the day. You're going to get the same education. And like you're saying, maybe it's a little more unique to you that maybe I will go after that kid. But right. that's the job of our admissions department. But at the same time, their job is to be able to go out and talk about being why and proud. So in understanding the tone and voice that we want to carry as a university is important. So if that's not conveyed anywhere in that, in that, but it gets lost. It's the same. So the other question there is, do you try to stay up? Do I stay up with industry trends? Yeah, I, I consult a little bit here and there. Right. I meet with businesses regularly. I have a ton of people that I know that work in businesses and run businesses. So for me, talking to them and having conversation makes me a better professional. Plus, I teach. And I think that, you know, educators, it, I think education gets such a bad rap because you have these faculty members that get tenure 20 years ago and they're trying to be teaching digital marketing yeah. and they, they never touched a digital marketing platform in their lives. And that's a tough, that's a hard thing where adjuncts can fill in those spaces. You yep. can go get a guy that ran a business and say, Hey, why don't you teach the most badass digital marketing course? Because you run a successful agency that does that. 
And I'm finding that teaching even here in the MBA program and even what I do with Brandeis is that there's a lot of value coming back from me to my to students, but also getting that reciprocated. I'm learning from them, but I'm hearing right. them respond and say like, hey, you know, I never knew analytics was something that existed on the web. Now that I know, I can apply that back into my own business because I have a lot of business owners, but I also hear from people that say, you know what, I strictly work with data and I'm very siloed in my corporation and what I do. But now that I know that the marketing department has this information, hopefully, I could go over and grab that. And it'll directly right. impact how we do product development, how we look at data, how it impacts just my little silo. So it's so important for a university to have that mentality and to hire people according to that. The You know, with businesses, and this kind of goes back to you asking about the MBA program. First of all, the experience, I love the experience I've had in the MBA at Youngstown State. No free ads. No free ads. <laughs> <laughs> but that depended on the professor too. Right. So I've had a few professors that have been across the board agreed upon between a group of people I'm with in the program that these professors were awesome. They were not subjective. They were pretty open to people's ideas. They did not really push to teach their agenda. They wanted to really give the information and then see can you apply information in different ways. That's more important than just giving a, you know, ABC test. Right. It's more important to see, can we give you all this information and can you then run with it? Right. So I've had multiple professors who have been awesome with that. I've had some professors, some who are teaching, managing, who have never worked a day in their life. They're all strictly academia. And I respect the academic side of things. I totally get it. But the EQ side, the, the, the emotional intellectual side cannot be taught. Right. You have to learn that yeah. from Hard working knows. with people. So you constantly ask me, where did you learn this? How did you learn this? Not just you. I get this from all of my students that come through and I get it from even professional people. Yeah. How did you learn this? How did you know this? Where did, was, did you learn? And I was my response every time. Hard knocks. Yeah. Learning so from hard knocks doing it myself. So, I mean, that, that's, again, that goes back to experience. Do, do work for free because you'll stumble upon things. And when you're doing it for free, it's more forgiving. If people mm -hmm. are paying for you and you're stumbling upon things, yeah. Uh, well. Yeah, I'm sorry I fucked this all up, but uh, <laughs> you weren't paying me, so <laughs> peace. Right. So the MBA has been great. It's actually helped a few of my friends find paths, career paths they never thought they would have gone and they're now in love with. Um, yeah. One of my friends, we had a professor in one class, he owns a business, or he's the president of a business, so he doesn't own it, but he's the president of. My friend's like, hey, I need an internship. He's like, yeah, you're hired. So just the connections we've made with some of these people, the networking, the, actually I was talking to another friend about it. The group I was with in the NBA has made it that much more worth it. I've right. met some really good people and I don't want to sound arrogant when I say this, but I, I typically end up around successful people. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important because who you surround yourself with is going to be a major indicator of what happens to you as well. How many, how many of the students in the MBA that you're currently with, would you say are actually full-time versus maybe part-time versus unemployed oh, completely? Gosh. And how many, I guess, so my, my follow-up question to that is, is not even a question. It's a statement that, there's so much value for a business because I get a lot of this, mm. the business saying, we don't know where to start. We need somebody that's entry level, which means we want them on the cheap. So we're looking for someone that's fresh out of a degree. Right. Um, 
but there's, I always say, why don't you go start into college now, go to the MBA program, go to the business undergraduate program and ask them for interns. You know, you don't have to yeah. pay them a ton of money and some of them will do for free for the experience, but use them to, to figure out how to get them in your business. And look, if it works, you're going to make more money because of it. And then yeah. you have the ability to hire that person or at least learn from what they did. So when you're talking about MBA, I, I'm curious to find out what percentage do you think are people that are, you know, available? Um, I think that there's, I don't know, percentage wise, there are definitely people who are full time. Um, there are a lot of people who are in the MBA for progression within their company. Mm -hmm. But you have a handful of people who are looking for a career change. You have a handful of people who are, I was some, some of them are, I was in accounting. I don't like it. I'm going to go into the MBA to see if I can move into another side of business. Right. Well, that student right there who has now knowledge in the business with the MBA with an accounting background could be invaluable to a company. A million percent agree. So there's someone sitting there that if you are a company and you need some assistance or you'd like to find an intern for cheap and get some new ideas flowing, there are people just sitting Waiting for it. Waiting for it. Yeah. Period. I love it, and that's. I think that that's just so. I, I I just. I guess they don't know that. I guess they don't realize it, and and so I'm I'm constantly reaching out, and even for them to be like, they come back. I'm like, here, you need to just call the business area and, and talk to them. They go, well, can you can you help? Like, right. I'm telling you, there's free help waiting for you, and you want me to reach out. Now I will, yeah. because I'm I know a lot more people than they do. But even just that sense of like, well, that's great, but we're not ready to jump on it now. Like. Don't you want to change your business for the better? They should also put out stuff on LinkedIn, mm -hmm. uh, on social media. If they don't want to reach out to the college, put stuff on social media and see who comes to your door because whoever comes to your door is typically ambitious and can help. Yeah. They may sure. not be of value to the company right now, but those kind of people want to become valuable to the team right. and that will make a difference in the long run. So what's next for you? I'm looking for future internships. <laughs> I'm graduating with the MBA in the summer, but I don't want to be naive enough to think that I should move into a even entry level position. I feel like I need to get more experience. So I'm looking for internships or entry level in marketing or supply chain. I've realized through this program, I've really enjoyed the supply chain management side of things. Um, it's still looking at numbers. It's still using analytics. It's amazing how so much of this stuff funnels through the right, different silos. Right. So I'm looking for that, just taking a day at a time, throwing out applications, seeing what bites, yeah. and moving through. Um, so if somebody wanted to find you, how could they do so? Well, you could, uh, well, man. Email address is probably a good yeah, idea. Yeah, email now. address. I, I don't feel like my social handle is that. So <laughs> okay. Clean that up a little bit. <laughs> Oh, no, you can find me at nrbaron91 at gmail.com. That is N-R-B as in boy, A-R-A-N-9-1 at gmail.com. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for sitting with me, talking with me. Hey, thanks You're for having me. You're the first uh, live guest I've had in a while. Hopefully I'm not the last. Hopefully I didn't screw this up. No, you did. There's quite a All bit right. of damage done. But as always, I'd like to thank you for listening. And if you'd like to follow me, you can do so at Ross Marone. That's at R isn't Ross Marone at, well, this is on Twitter. There's no at. Just follow me at Ross Marone. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.